Welcome to the Flourish Podcast. Thank you for joining us for this episode as we learn, grow, and flourish together as a community of women. Hi there, this is Penny. Thanks for joining me today for the Flourish Podcast. Well, we've been talking about some pretty awesome stuff about God's resume and about what he requires of us in regard to understanding and living under that resume, which is, I like to say, living under his smile. You know, living under his smile is just not a nice idea. It's just not a cute little saying. It's a requirement of the Lord. He requires us to follow through and to know what he is like. You know, we've just been studying how, first of all, Moses asked God to show him his glory, and God said, okay, here it is. I'm going to tell you what I'm like. You want to know my glory? what my glory is? Then know what I'm like. He doesn't pull any punches. He makes it real clear. This is my glory. Then we talked about 2 Peter chapter 1, where the Bible tells us that the way to have grace and peace and to have his divine power is through the knowledge of him, the accurate, intimate personal knowledge of his nature, of his excellence. And he says, if we learn that, we'll become like him. If we learn how to live our lives as people who go after God's promise instead of go after our own ways, then we will have the nature of God alive and at work in our lives. So, I mean, when you think about it, we strive and strive And we end up exasperated. So he's offering us precious. He's offering us to trade. All the yucky stuff in our life. All the bad stuff. All the ashes. And for what? For his promises. When we look at Abraham, it says he believed God. And it was credited to him for righteousness. When you believe there's a transfer. There's an image transfer. The transfer. The image of God is transferred into your heart more and more. The more you believe, the more you choose to believe, the more you take him at his word, the more you receive his promise, the more we become a partaker of the divine nature. We read earlier in Second Corinthians that we are have a better opportunity than Moses did because we behold as in a mirror God's glory and then we're transformed into that same image so in other words we get to see God at work in our own living inside of us as new creatures we get to see him transforming us to have a nature transfer in our lives as we believe him we trade our ashes We trade our fear, our anxiety, the lies we believed. We trade them in for his beauty. He gives us beauty for ashes. James 1 talks about that sin and death come from lust being conceived in us. But we read earlier in Peter that we don't have to lust. Instead, we can believe for God's promises. James 1 says in 16 and 17, there's a strong admonition 
about where sin originates. And he said, do not be deceived, my beloved brethren. Every good thing given and every perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of lights, with whom there is no variation or shifting shadow. In other words, God's resume does not change. He says, every perfect gift, every good thing comes from the Father. There's not even a slight variation or shifting shadow in his nature or character. In other words, his resume will never change. Not when you've messed up for the umpteenth time. He's still your gift giver. It's not yourself. It's not another human being. Your hope is must always be in his promise for you. God has given us an invitation to see his beauty, to see who he really is. And when we looked, look at it, we are transformed. Now, this isn't some self-actualization exercise, but we are actually gazing on the living and powerful God who changes us as we choose to see him accurately. Hmm. The catch is you could only trade if you're willing to look and see him. First Peter says this only happens in the knowledge and through the true knowledge of him. That means to become fully acquainted with recognition, full discernment and acknowledgement. We have to gaze. We have to look. We have to take time. A verse I love is Jeremiah 15, 19, and in the uh, Amplified Version, I believe, it says, I'm going to paraphrase it, but it says, if we trade any tone of distrust or despair, now think about it, how many of us wrestle with distrust or despair? He says, if we trade those things and any unwarranted, like in other words, they're not deserved, suspicions concerning God's faithfulness. So he's telling us, will you trade your distrust, your despair, your undeserved suspicions concerning God's faithfulness? Will you trade them? And if you do, he says, I'll give you a place of peace and you will become my minister and my mouthpiece. Wow. I can't even begin to tell you how many times I've done that. I can't begin to tell you how many times I've had to trade despair, distrust, frustration, fear, anxiety, concern, concern that I was not worth anything. I wasn't valuable. I didn't have the goods. I couldn't do it. I had to trade that in. I had to look at God's resume. I had to look at who he said he was. And I had to make a decision. Okay, right here, right now, I am choosing these things that I'm believing about myself, about my situation, about my future, about my family. I'm trading these. I'm giving them in. And Jeremiah 15, 19 in the Amplified promises us if we trade our tone of distrust or despair, if we trade our unwarranted suspicions concerning his faithfulness, he will give us instead of those things a place of peace and we will become his minister and his mouthpiece. We'll speak on his behalf. He doesn't want us speaking on his behalf if we believe the wrong thing about him. If we're going around telling people, I know God, God 
his ways are above ours. And yes, he, he brought that on your life. That's true. God is in heaven and he's sovereign and he's just going around pulling the puppet strings and causing you grief and anxiety in hopes that you will hopefully do the right thing. No, he says, if we trade our tone of distrust and despair and unwarranted suspicions concerning God's faithfulness, then we'll become his minister and mouthpiece. Don't forget in James, he said, don't be deceived. Every good thing given and every perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of lights, and there's no changing in him. If you go back to the first lesson we were doing a few weeks ago, the glory of God was demonstrated through God's description of himself, his resume. If you want the goodness of God at work in your life, then you better know what he's like. You better know what he says about himself, what he told Moses about himself, what he says throughout the word about himself. If we don't get that, and then we can't be his mouthpiece. He doesn't want us to represent him wrongly. He doesn't want us telling people things about him that aren't true. You know, we have to understand. If we have incorrect ideas or suspicions concerning his faithfulness, God will not endorse us as his mouthpiece. Much of whether we bear fruit begins and ends here. What do we believe? What are we willing to give up as far as our beliefs and our wrong ideas? The Bible tells us we're destroyed for a lack of knowledge. When we make excuses for a false persona or a false perception of God, when we make a circumstantial estimation, we are missing out on his glory. We're making excuses Yes, we sin. Yes, we fall short. But go back to his resume. But I'm not obedient enough to have God's glory, and I can't expect to. Yes, we're called to obedience. But obedience is a response to something that we behold. He says, if you love me, you'll keep my commandments. Behold him. Look at him. See what he's really like so that he can empower you to obey him. This type of love toward God is a response to something that we have beheld. It is not a dutiful love. When you stare long enough and deep enough into his nature, through his word and through prayer, you will see his image looking back at you through his mirror as you are transformed by it. It's about coming into agreement and co cooperation. It's not about performance. Galatians 3.3 3 says, Are you so foolish, having begun by the Spirit? Are you now perfected by the flesh? You'll never be transformed by anything else. Never. Read Romans, read Galatians, read Hebrews. We are changed from glory to glory. As we behold him, Brother Rod used to have a saying, and he would say, see it, seize it, and say it. In other words, see it. Find what the word says. Find out his resume. Look at Exodus 33. Seize it. Lay hold of it. 
grab it. Say, this is mine. I will not let go. And then say it. Speak it. Trade our pride. Make the trade. Trade after trade. You know, we have weaknesses. We have frailties. I've once heard uh, someone say, agree with people's assessment of you and say, no, it's much worse than you think. But we're not going to get things from in our lives that change us and restore us without looking, without seeing, seizing, and saying. I want God's revealed beauty looking back at me. I want to reflect it. Moses got it, and because he got it, he reflected God. So, you know, even in his day, which God says our day is better, our glory is better, people couldn't even look at him because the glory of God was so strong about him. The best thing we can give him is the heart of someone's unfettered who sees God as her hero and believes every word he says. I still have plenty of ashes, but just keep trading. Just keep participating. Just participate in his glory and remember his resume. Buy in, lock, stock, and barrel. Thanks for joining me. Love you. See you next time. Thanks for listening to the Flourish Podcast. Make sure you subscribe so you don't miss an episode and share it with your friends. For more information about Flourish, our annual conference, or to join our community of women, visit nrpflourish.com. See you next time.